Hi, I'm James Crowley, and I want to hear every song that's ever existed. And that's what I try to do on my podcast, James Crowley's Infinite Playlist. In each episode, I bring on a comedian, a friend, a writer, some sort of creative person to make a playlist catered to a certain theme. And we break it down track by track, sharing stories, thoughts, and just a lot of laughs about each song. So listen to James Crowley's Infinite Playlist wherever you get podcasts, and I'll jam out with you next time. another episode of on the impossible pod i'm probably gonna mess up the name of this song so many times because every time i talk about it i say the name of my podcast <laughs> Plug instead yourself, of girl. saying Plug the yourself. name of the album or in this case the title track on the impossible past nailed it today i am here with my friend ryan how you Ooh, doing ryan I'm doing well Cheska. how are you thank you i'm great thank you so much for joining me on late notice it is my pleasure i really quickly need to share something that's funny but not that funny which is my friend paris who was originally supposed to be the guest on this episode he couldn't join us today for a reason that's a little bit ironic which is he crashed his car it wasn't was it an American. Oh, no. It was not an American. I was going to say, was it a Corvette? Was it a Charger? I need to know. I need answers to this question. He made a point to tell me that he was not drinking and driving. <laughs> there was ice on the road, there, though. It, there it, might it, have been ice on the roads. <laughs> All the roads. Was it on Sawmill Road or just. It, probably. Probably. I think he lives up in fucking Bumblefuck. Yeah. So, like, the same fucking shit. In Pennsylvania, every road's named Sawmill exactly. Road. Exactly. They're all. <laughs> Like Sawmill Road, East, West, exactly. Northwest, Number Two, oh, the Third, just all the Sawmill Roads. But yeah, so he's doing okay. He's totally all right. But uh, we'll hopefully have him on a future episode. We'll probably talk about an old school Menzinger song with him because he goes way back. Sorry you couldn't be here, Paris, but I'm really glad that you're here, Ryan. And thanks Sorry, again Paris, for coming. Thanks for having me. I can actually say now with hindsight that I am a fan. I have listened Hell to the yes. album, so. Let's do it. I, that really means a lot. Yeah. I appreciate you and how you are my PR person at shows lately. Hell yeah. <laughs> if you don't know, like I said, I am a Cheska stan. <laughs> I want Cheska. After listening to the Burn After Writing episode, I said that I wanted Cheska to explain every single song I will ever hear for the rest of my life that to makes me. me so- Ryan literally leaned over to me while the Benzingers <laughs> were playing Burn After Writing and goes, I know what this song means now. And so it's now just I know that I've done it. It's meaning now. I'm like, biblical <laughs> references. I love it. I was really feeling that too, though, ah, dude, I was up for that, it. That was the first time that I had heard it since I started this. <laughs> and I was just kind of like... Shit, like, first of all, I didn't know what he was saying at a certain point in this song. Now I know all the fucking words. See, I actually, I went to Catholic school, so we were taught Bible studies. So oh, I knew, shit. I know the story of Samson, but yeah. I'd never added two and two, connected the dots, until <laughs> right. I heard that, and I was like, oh my Wait. god, that's mind-blowing. It's really something else. <laughs> Tom is a special specimen on this earth. <laughs> cool. So before we go into On the Impossible Past, which is the shortest song on the album, has literally no chorus. It has two verses and that's it usually i was saying to ryan before i usually have like a notes sheet and then a lyric sheet but all the lyrics are on my notes sheet because there's seven of them 
So we're going to dig into that. We're going to dig into how this song is essentially a treasure chest of all the album's themes about muscle cars, nationalism, or a lack thereof, alcoholism, nice things, and their association with the American dream, general misery, and missing someone. We are going to make you fall in love with a song you probably always (laughs) skip. On this album, let's yeah. be honest here. This, our new campaign is do not skip on the exactly. impossible pass. Do not pass go. Listen to this fucking song. We know you want to get to nice things, but... <laughs> Patience <laughs> is a virtue, our friends. Patience <laughs> is a virtue. Especially with this track. So, Ryan, you... You you know, we've talked to a couple people in your crew at this point. Oh, your your Menzinger gang, show-going gang. Uh, you know, I know Jackie's like your best friend. And uh. that's... <laughs> <laughs> no, she's going to kill me if I don't say it. Jackie, you are my best friend. I love it. But you guys have done a lot of cool stuff together in the name of the Menzingers. And, but I also don't know kind of how you started your Menzingers journey. So why don't you tell me how you got into them, and how you started kind of traveling all over and, and doing stuff. This feels like the program right now. How? My name is Ryan Simmons. I am a <laughs> Menzinger's addict. <laughs> Hi, Ryan. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, back to uh, it's a little long-winded story, I guess. Cool. But 2010, I was in the peak of my scene days, and I went to see <laughs> My Chemical Romance and Gaslight Anthem at the Roseland Ballroom. Oh, shit. And I discovered Gaslight Anthem that day. Yeah. And as you do when you're 13, 14, you obsess over a band, and you go down these YouTube rabbit holes. <laughs> so I was listening to all these guests, like interviews with Fallon and all these guys, and they're like championing that the band is Menzingers, the Menzingers, the Menzingers. Oh, that's cool. So that was around, the set's like late 2010, early 2011. So I went and listened to uh, Chamberlain Waits, and I loved it. And then kind of whatever, just things you forget about them. And then fast forward to 2011 and the show you always talk about, I <laughs> dragged my cousin, I begged her, <laughs> begged her to take me, because obviously I couldn't drive, to drive me to Nassau Coliseum of the Islanders yes! play to see Rise Against, uh, A Day to Remember. And on the Long Island show, we had Glassjaw as well as the men's Wait, Wait, seriously? They did a special Long Island one for that one. That's so fucking and my cousin, So it was all four of them. All four of them. That's really cool. And my cousin, just total ADTR stand, she was like, I mean, I don't like the other bands. And I was like, we have to get there like really yeah. early. And she's like, why? <laughs> I'm like, this band, the Menzingers, I haven't seen them yet, but I've heard really good things. I like them. And she was like, all right, sounds good. And we were sitting all the way upstairs in the Coliseum. <laughs> so like, half empty. And I'm yeah. like, kind of singing along to the songs I know. And she's like, oh, these guys are, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. And everyone else is just standing there like, what is going on? What are these Pennsylvania boys doing? Like, <laughs> we stand. And then, yeah, you know, that's the first time I saw them. And then life changed a different turn, stuff yeah. like that. So I really kind of fell off with live music for a while. And then one thing leads to another, and then I found myself back home and just needed music. It was in a dark place, yeah. and uh, then I saw them, obviously knew on, on the Impossible Pass at that point, and they were touring with Taking Back Sunday, and right. they played the Paramount in Long Island. That was 2015, and that was when I was like, I was in a rough place, I was like, I need to see this band. I, at this point, I've just been a fan for like three, four years, yeah. and then saw that show, and I was just like, jaw open, oh and I was like, love these guys, I'm following these guys wherever they go. <laughs> That's awesome. That's I I love when people kind of find them around, found them around the same time that I did. Cause it's yeah, kinda, it's it's so cool to to think of that. And that tour, I mean, I've I've talked about it a lot, but it was just so strange. Totally. But like, I mean, every band on that bill is just completely different yeah. from the other one. I mean, we've rise against the political pop pop, pop punk giants. And you right. Have ADTR. Who the hell knows what ADTR scene with their fucking confetti cannons? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you said Glass Show. I mean, probably that was one of Glass Show's like last good shows. Right. You've seen them now. They're freaking 
fucking terrible. Oh no, I've never that, seen them. Um, I didn't know that. They used. I mean, they're obviously the first two albums are good. And yeah, it kind of goes downhill. But I saw my Warped Tour this year when Menzingers played. Gotcha. I left after three songs because his Holy voice shit. is just gone. I was like, it's ridiculous. I'm that sucks. Rest in peace, yeah, Gasha. Rest in peace, Gasha. <laughs> Not everything you lose still, is a loss. <laughs> yeah, that's probably fair. But yeah, oh, that's so. That was such like a strange first environment to see them in. I always yeah. say how I wish I could go back and just see that set list again. I actually, I did. I couldn't find. I took a couple of screenshots. I took, couldn't find the one from the Coliseum. Yeah. But I did find the one from where was this one? I think it was a Philly show or something like that. Uh, that makes sense. And it was uh, I was born. The obituaries. Deep sleep. So it goes. Nice things. Irish goodbyes. Who's your partner? Sunday morning. Speak of my drinking. Sun Hotel and Home Outgrown. Yeah. I was like. Yeah. That, wish I would have known then what I know now. Ex- that's exactly what I'm saying. Because at the time I'd listened to Chamberlain Waits, but I don't even think in its entirety. Like, yeah. I've heard like it was it was in the days of Tumblr, so it was like my boyfriend reblogged rivalries and like, <laughs> is this a good song? Yeah, fucking is. But I deep sleep like it wouldn't have even registered on my radar, and now I'm like. I know that 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 <laughs> was the song that really got me in love with them. That is my first ever tattoo is Deep Sleep. Wait, I really? Got it on this arm right here. I have the uh, big M, and then I uh, do a little plug here. Looney Tunes Records, Babylon. Oh, go to Looney Tunes. I've never been there. They did a uh, in store, and this is right after after the party came out, gotcha. and uh, they had a whole like sit down, whatever, and a signing session. Cool. And I was like, I don't want an autograph. Can you just? I said to Greg, can you just write out? I don't want to wait for things to get better. Oh shit! And he was like, Why? I was like, I want to get tattooed. And he was just like. <laughs> and he starts writing it, and he's like, "Dude, this is so bad. You're not gonna want to get this on your body." I was like, "Trust me, just write, just write." Just write. And he wrote down his knees, possible, and it actually came out half decent. Came That's out right, awesome. so yeah. Thank that you. That is Greg. always a worry I have. I'm like, what if this guy is really bad? Oh, dude, he he actually got a good hair. He was just like, see, I mean, painstakingly going so slow. He's like, it's gonna be so bad. Like, you could, dude. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> Cool. That's that's amazing. And and when was it that you really like picked up going to like a lot of Menzingers? That shows? was 2015. So 2015. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm taking back Sunday, and then they did that fall tour. And they yeah. played Webster Hall. I went to that show oh, that as was well. A good show. And that was with Me Without You and yeah, stuff that was like an that. Awesome yeah. Show. And then pretty much from say March 2015 to present day, it's just been wherever that's they awesome. go, I go. That makes sense. Where's the furthest that you've been to see the Menzingers? Uh, at this point? seen them in England twice. Oh. Oh, shit cool. gone to see them uh in london yeah london twice actually they played uh, one of the really good shows they played i saw them at the o2 form kentish town which is about uh irving plaza size okay um and they uh it was them headlining and then it was Lagwagon, the lawrence arms what? and the lillingtons and that was phenomenal <laughs> Because there's a big punk. They all opened. Wait, wait, was it a festival? Well, no, it was a show. But there's a big festival in North of England, a big punk festival called okay. Rebellion. Yeah. So they always do an American night. So the men's oh. were headlining that, and the, all those bands were on the bill. So obviously they were all like, "Hey, let's do another show, make it worth our while." That and blows my mind. They went down to London. It sold out super fast. I mean, I yeah, no all those shit. Bills, but that was a wild show. Wow. And I got lucky too because I was over there for Gaslight 10 year anniversary 59 sound. Oh. Went to Glasgow and Manchester to see them. Then Menzingers were like two weeks later. I was oh like, my God. Oh yeah, yeah, just hang the that. fuck yeah. out. And that was That's awesome. That's an awesome lineup. Oh my that God. I've been dying to see the Lillingtons and like just in that whole day that's fucking and that awesome. was they literally I remember the doors opened at like 5.30 and the first band went on like <laughs> 6 because Lillington's got like a half an hour Lawrence Arms got like an hour Lagwagon got like an hour too right, so right. like they had to give them all ample time but yeah that was awesome oh my god have you ever seen the Menzingers cover um the, the Lawrence Arms before I have not unfortunately okay it was like an early before on before my time yeah. yeah it was I want to say maybe like 2013 it was a show at Asbury Lanes and they covered um 
Are You There, Margaret, It's Me, oh, God. One of my best songs. And it was so funny because that song has the lyric about, like, I sat and thought about her on the train ride home. And then right after that, they played Casey. And oh, so it's like, I sat and thought of, And you can kind of see it register in Greg's face that he realized how similar those There's two lines were. There's a lot of train, lines, a lot of train yeah, rides, a lot of thinking. It was right in a row. Like, that was the encore was the, the Lawrence Arms cover. And Casey, and it was like, wait, that's really fucking funny. And I've just always remembered that. I'm Brennan Kelly since I'm going, yeah, I know. You steal my stuff. I know. You're welcome. <laughs> Whose stuff don't you steal, Greg? <laughs> God. Um, cool. Why don't you, I know we, we talked a little bit about shows and stuff. I liked, you know, obviously you've been listening to the Menzingers for a long time. What are some of the tracks that aren't on, on the Impossible Past that are your favorite? It's All cool because right. we can include Hello Exiles. Yes, we now, can. Unfortunately, which I, love. I don't, but we could. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I mean, Hello Exiles, it actually, the first lesson, I'll be honest with you, I was a little bit kind of like lackluster, a little bit yep. uninspired, but then I let it sit for a couple weeks and I went back and to it again. Yeah. And I was like, this is this is really good. It's good. I love the, the B side more than the A side. Yes. Like, I completely uh, agree. Strawberry Mansion, London Drugs, yeah, those all those are my ones. Favorites. Love those songs. I think also it's kind of one of those things where um, when they release all those singles and you hear them, like, I mean, obviously Anna is Anna. I know what you mean. But, like, Strangers Forever and America, you're kind of like, you've heard it so much that exactly. when you listen to it and you lead the album off with that, you're like, I, I know the song. I've yeah, heard it we've for, like, been there. four or five months now. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's kind of part of it where right. one of my friends does this awesome thing where he refuses to listen to singles. He goes, I just want to listen to the album all the way through. And he's like, I started when he first listened to it, like, I love the album. And I was like, I wish I did what you did now. I know. I really want to do that as a, as a normal practice. Yes. Because I started doing that with my favorite band, The Deer Hunter, because they put out concept albums. So, yeah. like, you know, if you How listen you to one song out, out yeah. of context, it's like I, you could basically spoil it for yourself. Exactly. So now I just want to do that for everyone. Because I kind of wish that I heard the album kick off for the first time with that track. But then the other side of the coin is when you're on Twitter and everyone's like, oh my God, new Menzinger song. And you're just sitting there just like, can't yeah. listen to it, can't yeah. listen to yeah. it. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can handle it. I, would really, I didn't listen to um, Strangers Forever until the music video oh, really? came out because I was just kind of like, ah, I don't know, I don't know. But um, I kind of feel the same way yeah, about it's... Hello Exile. I People have given me shit for saying it's my least favorite Menzingers album because people don't like the early albums as much as I do. But I love it. Like, I mean, yeah. I still love it. Like, it's not like it's a bad album. It's a great album. It's just out of a bunch of great albums. Yeah, exactly. It's my least favorite great album. And also, it's one of those things with the early albums where, um, like, my dad, who's really fan, my father, my 53-year-old father, is a huge <laughs> Menzinger fan. That's awesome. A huge punk rock fan. I love that. I take him to almost all the Menzinger concerts. That's so cool. He was at uh, the Warsaw shows. He was, oh, I didn't know oh, that. Yeah, That's awesome. Menzinger Stan. Anyway, <laughs> he said, he's like laughing. He's like, this is the first two albums is them learning to play. And then the third <laughs> album, they have perfected that art. And now yeah. they've, they've carved out what they are and they continue For sure. to do that thing. But anyway, back on top. Yeah, back yeah. on the <laughs> That was a bit <laughs> of a really world. Hello Exile rant for a minute, but... Uh, so yeah, the favorite songs. I mean, I, like I said to you before... Uh, start over there. Like I said to you before, Deep Sleep, obviously, yeah. is a huge uh, part a of my mind. huge part of my heart. Uh, one of the first songs I really fell in love with. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, how do you not love Sunday Morning? I think Sunday Morning is one of, the, too good. one of the best songs he ever wrote. Like, the, the guitar chord yeah. that opens up and the lyrics. I mean, even though we all know it's a love song for his brother, right. you, you can't help but not feel that he's saying to you, like, come yeah. on, man, don't worry, it'll all blow over. I you mean, can put it to literally any situation. Uh, I love that is song. Is there an Alkaline Trio little tip of the hat there? Oh, he's red-eyed and got a big surprise, a little yeah. bit of cringe, like... You can't not love any yeah, song that has not Alkaline Trio that. reference. 
And I would be letting down my uh, friends and followers if I didn't continue, <laughs> if I did not continue my one-man crusade that, let me get some close to the microphone so you can hear oh, this. Oh, it's all going to happen. After the party oh, is beggar, better than lookers. Wow. And I know I'm going to upset a lot of people with that one, but I'm sorry. And I, truth be told, I feel vindicated with this new tour. What song What song did the Menzingers close with? What Spoiler alert. What wow. song did the Menzingers use as their big crescendo to whip the crowd into a frenzy one last time after right. the party? You're right. And as much as I love Lookers, Lookers yeah. is a great song. I don't want everyone to think, oh, fake Menzinger fan. Yeah. He's trashing Lookers. And I love After the Party. Like exactly. I love Lookers more, but I love After the Party. But also, it, I have said it before it's a New Jersey thing too you're from Long Island you guys right? can't see yes yeah, you guys we, can't see but I just rolled my eyes so hard we just hard. black out like we, we literally black out at Lookers the amount of times I have heard Miss Jackie Lee Berger say <laughs> you wouldn't understand it it's a Jersey thing oh my god Ryan it's Jersey oh my god shut up I always joke I'm like yeah me and my 10 year long relationship screaming about how Jersey girls are heartbreakers <laughs> let's fucking go but I don't know. We get, I mean, we get it, into it, it is a phenomenal song. The irony yeah. of it is, I, like me and Jackie, we are in the music video for Lookers. Yeah, I know. I watched that after she told me about it. And I was like, wait, hi. Oh, I got like, a hold solo and it's <laughs> yeah, really you're embarrassing. Right, really in there. I almost punched the camera guy. Like it was so bad. <laughs> I remember like I showed that to my parents and my mom goes, I'm really happy that you're like on the ground singing, not one of those crowd surfers. I'm like, no, I do that as well. Yeah. Like, this this one time I was on the ground singing along. Oh my God, I love that so much. That's a pretty good list. I like that. It's yeah, spread so, out. It's diverse. And also diverse. like Sunday morning, like when they play it, it's just, they don't play that often. And it's just. That's it, a good crowd song. Yeah. I'm remember, like, oh, these are all my brothers. Like brothers, sisters, and they in between. Played it, the last time I heard it, I think, was they did that three night stand at uh, Crossroads, yeah. Garwood. And they played it on one of the nights there yeah. when Bobby opened Opened up and right. that was just like oh, oh, tears help that was, that was i miss so nights. many of those like older songs so much and like i understand yeah totally there's so much content but i want like an old school menzinger's night so bad well that's what i was hoping was gonna happen because you saw the whole thing with them with the uh, holiday show right yeah they canceled it yeah uh i hope because i mean they said they have to get like a bigger make it more bigger yeah. weekend so i'm hoping if they do like a two night stand that would be three night, sick if they do like a friday saturday in scranton like, That's it. Can, you, can you imagine Scranton just t- taken over by all these like <laughs> dudes these wearing jean jackets? <laughs> oh my god! The denim squad. I mean, you know half the stories about me and Jackie's trip to Scranton last year, <laughs> and like I said, I mean, I'll keep it PG, but just we were such assholes. <laughs> these people, like, we were walking into bars and they were like, "Oh, where are you guys from?" I'm like, "Oh, New Jersey, New York." And they were like, oh, welcome to the city of Scranton. Me and Jackie are like, you're not a city. You're a small Ooh. town. Like, no, Scranton is literally a city. And Jackie are like, no, this is a town. This is Damn. bumblefuck. And they were getting so it's mad the electric city. Jackie and I were just <laughs> on a one-man wrecking crew. Just... That's serious business. So, yeah, two days of that, I'm sure, would be a-okay. I mean, we barely crawled out of there last year. I don't know how <laughs> I would do two nights of it. That's probably why they took the year off. Can I They're like, a... we need to give you a recoup year. I would like to give a shout out to the bar Whiskey Dicks. That we went to a bar named Whiskey Dicks and got absolutely trashed before and after the show. Because apparently three hours before the show wasn't enough. So we... Oh, yeah. No, but there's I... one of those bars in like the middle of Scranton, Pennsylvania, where I'm used to city prices, where it's $8 yeah. a beer and $10 for a shot. <laughs> Literally, we sat there drinking for three hours. It was me, Jackie, and her friend. Yeah. And like... I put my credit card behind the bar. I was like, whatever, we'll sort it out later. And we're just doing, I mean, I drink a lot. Jackie obviously has like four blue moons and she's lights out. 
but like we were pounding. Sorry, Jackie. We were we were pounding drinks for like two and a half hours. We went to cash out, and I was like, oh, I'll brace myself for impact here. The guy's like, yeah, it's going to be $28. Oh, I my was like, God. Oh, I what? love this city. I'm never leaving. That's it. So you just called it a city. Shit. I'm just going to point that out. I'm just going to leave that alone I've, for a bit. I have failed myself. That's I it. Failed myself. You got to make it up next year when they do old school night. Yes. And then entire on the impossible well, actually, let's just let's just literally split it right in half let's just split it right yeah, in half let's, let's just do like go. the first two let's do the first two and a half yeah stop like and then show at gates <laughs> and then pick it right up after gates and then go all the way through the new stuff that split makes it right down the middle. To me. i don't see why not <laughs> i feel like they have the stamina they can make it work i mean like i mean they're already on. playing they an hour it. and a half you exactly. know what's another hour and a half <laughs> right come on guys get it together get it together <laughs> like do it for us as if you haven't done it. Well, that's what Jackie and I was left about when we're doing like talking about the tours and like planning for trips. And yeah. we're trying to speculate what they're gonna play next year. <laughs> and Jackie and I were just like, Come on guys, just tell us your plans the whole entire year. Right. We, we have to book flights, we have to go places. We have life to plan. One of my favorite music festivals in the world's Reading Festival. I've been yeah. the last four years and my ultimate dream is for Menzingers to play Reading Festival, and I will probably never go back to Reading because that will be like the pinnacle for me. That's It'll it. Be, Leave I mean, it on that note. They're big enough in England where they would either like headline the punk rock stage, yeah. or they would be on like the second or third, second or first, first or second stage and play like three, four o'clock, and they yeah. get like a pretty good crowd there. That'd be so sick. I mean, like, imagine that you see like uh, Stormzy, Billie Eilish, Menzingers. I'm like, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Right before Billy Exactly. <laughs> that would be the dream. And then Travis Scott will pull him upstage. <laughs> like, it's my favorite band from Scranton, Pennsylvania. That's exactly what's going to happen. This song's called Menzo Mode. Whoa, I'm here for it. Let's fucking go. That's what my t-shirts are going to say. <laughs> Menzo Mode. Engaged. Boom. Do you want to talk about this song? Yeah, let's try let's to get into this song. Let's talk about this fucking song. I, there's, like I said, no chorus. It's the title track. It's so much in just such a small little not too upbeat song. It's, it's fucking, it's a lot. But I want to break it down. I, I want to first talk about, obviously, this is the title track, so this is the time to actually talk about the title of the album. <laughs> I have, um, I've, I've had some people reach out and ask why I haven't talked about this yet, but I did want to save it for this episode, especially because... It's a short song, so you know a little more to talk about, right? So, did you know you knew before this kind of where the title of the song? Yes, and, I've and the heard album it came in from. Rumblings, yes, yeah. So, I this is it's one of those things you kind of know if you know about the Menzingers, but we're gonna bring it up anyway for anyone who doesn't. But the title track is based on a line from lolita which obviously you know greg is a big fan of of lolita i think he says that's his favorite book or like one of his favorite books he's in the bakov stand he's one of the prose boys he's yes. like oh the prose <laughs> and i'm like oh yeah that excuses the content nice <laughs> um but anyway if you don't know about lolita it's fine you don't have to learn more about it but <laughs> one of the lines i'll actually just read you a little excerpt from an interview that greg did uh with punk rock theory in 2012 the quote is when he was asked about what the title of the album it means, he says, it means whatever you want it to mean. It's a quote from Vladimir Nabokov's Lolita, and the record title is shortened from the quote, I was weeping again, drunk on the impossible past. There it is. 
Uh, Nabokov is my favorite writer, and I always love the complex layers of his prose. Prose boys. I think it would be silly and dishonest to offer a clear-cut explanation here. This record is essentially an accidental concept record, which I love that, that is a great term. Line. I that should have been using that all line. along. That runs along the theme of On the Impossible Past. Hopefully listeners take what they want from the concept, lyrics, artwork, and title, and make it their own. Which makes a lot of sense to totally. me. Totally. I mean, like, what, what better way to summarize the Menzingers than weeping again drunk on the impossible <laughs> I past? Know. Like, that line, just never mind the album, just the whole entire discography. Exactly. And it's literally, like, so many of this album's themes and, like, their whole work's themes. Like, I literally picture the after the party album cover when i hear that line <laughs> just like man face down my like, twitter avatar just oh yeah worst. that was that's really good that was in scranton that was literally oh, hung over as all hell on sunday morning but i'm bum like what i did there oh my god hung over as all hell on sunday morning <laughs> having a cigarette on the side of a highway just like about to puke my brains out and jackie's just snapping pictures of me i'm that's just like so funny oh yeah yeah guys if you haven't <laughs> seen ryan's uh profile yeah photo it's uh, it'll be linked in the show notes but like it's pretty fucking solid just remember it was a low point in my life (laughs) well what else would you put as your face for social media than the low point at least i'm honest right hey yeah someone's gotta do it um but yeah i mean it's clearly a line that so perfectly sums up what this whole fucking album is about the longing for nostalgia but like destructive tendencies just like everything about it is what a fucking can be applied to literally every song on this album in some sort of way which is pretty great another thing that's super interesting about the album as a whole is where this song is placed in the album it's perfectly placed it is the missing link unbelievable unbelievable if if you took this out like mexican guitars and nice things would not mean as much and that's literally what the note i had i mexican guitars like the heart-wrenching ballad that you've lost someone and stuff like that and the little moments that kind of haunt you yeah and then nice things is like this huge kind of rousing political like anthem about the collapse of the economy and the way the lyrics go where you're talking about they're wallowing in this and then the last lyric is always dream of having nice things and it just bridges the two and that transition Perfectly. into nice things, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, the little amb- see, I, I don't know about you, but I am a sucker. I love intro tracks, like interludes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love that. So, I mean, like, AFI did a couple of the old oh my school God. albums. Yes. And Mike Chem did them. Like, yeah. Like, what's um, Three Cheers? Uh, interlude, right? Interlude. Before, yeah, uh, thank straight you for up the venom. interlude. And it goes straight into it. <laughs> yeah. Like, love I stuff love like that. I love that stuff. So, yeah, like you said, the way it kind of just feeds into it and bridges Perfect. the gap, it's phenomenal. And it's crazy because it starts out with. Like, the lyrics at the beginning, like, we took my rides in your American muscle car, I felt American, we shared our smokes. Like, that sounds like it could be applicable to the person that's discussed. Totally. In Mexican totally. cars. And then it ends with nice things and the destruction of this nice thing that was such a symbol of freedom. Yep. And then you go on to basically this anthem that's, you know, about fucking capitalism and, totally. and, and all this shit. And it's like, wait, fuck, like... We'll get into so much of this just like in more detail, but I think the placement of this song is unbelievable. Yeah, it's just like I said, perfectly captures and summarizes yeah. the, the 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 spirit of both the songs. In the yeah, way absolutely. It together I would be so curious to know when this track was written. I agree. If it was like a premeditated thing, yeah. it was kind of like a little bit. Hey, we're jumping around from A to B here. We need someone to kind of bridge exactly the gap a little bit. Uh, because I feel like it must have been written after Nice Things because yes. like it's two different lyricists. Yeah, and like one of them had to pull from each other, but because of this song being such like a thematic, you know, swamp totally. of, of everything that's happened, like 
I, I have to assume it was written later on. Totally. But that's so dope. And it's also a bold move for them because they oh, totally. before this, they never had anything this low key. It's so uh ballsy not yeah, courageous. It's yeah. just so like so they never done anything close to this. Exactly. And all the other songs in the album were all these rousing kind of like yeah. even though it's obviously a topic matter set, it's still like upbeat and here exactly. we go. And then like I said, even Mexican guitars, even though it's a super sad song, it's still got that upbeat and the radio is yeah, on. Yeah. You're still like getting into it, and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, yeah, and it's just so down. But yeah. it's perfect though. And the last line of Mexican guitars is just like scream, yep. and like 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 it's like pleading, and then just to kind of like go out on that note and then go into yeah. something. To me, it you almost feels feel like, like you're still in the car because he's on yes. cruise control and the radio's on exactly. and then you're in the American muscle car. Like. It feels like it's like, in a movie, it would be like Mexican guitars is like the present day of what's happening. Totally. And then you're like in the car but then like it becomes black and white and you're yep. like 10 years younger and it's this is like the flashback yep. scene and I love that so much. Like yep. You can visualize so clearly how it's, it's literally just, like you said, still sitting in the car but then it's well, a different feel, time. You feel like he's driving to Mexico. You feel yeah. like he's just driving it away from all exactly. he's done. And like I said, while he's driving away from all, he's drinking and driving, he's yeah. sharing his smokes, and all this stuff is going on like, on that mythological ride to Mexico, for lack of a better word. Exactly. Like, like I said, accidentally thematic, accidentally like <laughs> right. uh, concept, conceptual. It's awesome. It's it's crazy. And it, just the, like, the idea of like switching from the driver's seat where you're having this existential yep. crisis to being in the passenger seat where you're enabling this person who clearly isn't around anymore totally. in some way shape or form is so it's it's symbolic it's it, it's fucking great uh, my question for you before we move into this i i have kind of like a personal anecdote about this song so when i first heard this song and for you know this came out in 2012 i listened to it in 2012 for the first time and it's clearly like seven years later at this point i originally took it as this is where the person in mexican guitars died but then i kind of transitioned into being like nobody died the only thing that died was the car because, and yeah and i think that that is the general i think that's what's intended in the song Agreed, but yeah. i've just been kind of curious if anyone else ever had that thought of like strain of thought that i did you you agree that it's about the car? Yes, it's, I agree. It's about clearly the car, about the car, yes, because... especially because like he crashed his car into a ditch, so I'm pretty sure you don't die from that exactly. most of the time. I think also it's kind of like worst case scenario. Even if it's in a ditch, metaphorically, obviously, yeah, the car is salvageable. Like, right. it's not like he crashed into a tree and like that's it. Exactly. The car is toast. Like he could very feasibly. It's just so like far fetched <laughs> and uh, hypothetical, but you could get the tow truck and you right, get the right. car out. So it's not like you're veering. It's almost like anything symbolism where you're on the road and you're veering off the path, but yeah. you're not totally gone into this self destructive exactly. thing that you can't turn yourself around from. Right. You can still kind of salvage whatever it is. So. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's just so interesting to me how like you can hear something for the first time and just kind of like decide yeah, what it totally. is, and then realize slowly down the way you're like oh i completely misinterpreted that totally. and it's actually a lot more symbolic especially than with that. like all i mean con i mean obviously again it's not a concept record but yeah. with concept records especially you yeah. need like two or three listens to like <laughs> exactly i mean like when yeah. i was like a little kid and american idiot came out i thought saint jimmy was the man i thought saint jimmy was the coolest <laughs> guy ever and then all of a sudden i'm like listening to it again as i'm older i'm like oh, oh no he is like this good. junky terrible like <laughs> devil shoulder guy like oh my god exactly no it, it's exactly like that where like on your first even couple of listens and like i probably felt this way for maybe like 
like two years because yeah. I really wasn't paying attention to this song too gotcha. much. And then it really like occurred to me like, okay, this car is a symbol for freedom. This yeah. car is a nice thing that the owner of this car is very proud of and it symbolizes like we have this and if we don't have anything else, we have our time together and we have yeah. – this fucking great thing and our destructive tendencies are what fucked this yeah. up. And also, I mean, the car in all kind of music, obviously, I don't need, you don't need me to tell you this, but the car just symbolizes like the way to escape, the way yes, to get exactly. away. So it's just like so Springsteenian almost <laughs> in that how like yeah. he's got this car and he's got this road and he's got his girl or his friend or whatever and he's right. going to get the hell out of Dodge and he's going to go to start a new life, do whatever the hell he's got to exactly. do to feel complete and stuff like that. Right. And, and I mean, I love that this is the title track and then it's a throwback to the first song totally like because obviously in good things it's like when we would take rides in your american muscle car i felt american for once in my life and then the line here is you know we took rides in your american muscle car i felt american we shared our smokes so like it's a straight up throwback to the beginning of the album clearly this was written after good yeah. things were written and um it, i don't know i i really like that because, you know, it, it's easy to make your title track the first song on the album. Or oh, like, yeah. You know, it's so easy. Or just like, you know, it's right in the center or it's the last song. But like here, it's just so interesting. It's like it's track nine. We throw back to everything we've talked about before. And what's this new thing? Nice things? Cool. That's next. Which also makes it even more impressive in that fact that yeah. they could, I said, we obviously don't know for a fact, but assuming they had pretty much all the album done. Right. And they knew they needed, they, they had the presence of mind to think, hey, like we're kind of just cutting off and starting somewhere yes. new. We need something to bridge the gap, whatever. Exactly. And it's not like, it's not like a clip show, for lack of a better word, where we're just replaying all the songs. <laughs> right, like, it's right. got enough of it to make you feel like, oh, so that's what he's talking about. Yeah. Without beating over the head with like, dude, we get it. You it's drive, effortless. You drive American Muscle Car, we get it. Like, like <laughs> no, I did an awesome job with that. I mean, also, that's one of the other things that makes this record so pristine is the track listing yeah. in my opinion is second to none uh, you couldn't move exactly any of the tracks. you, you, you could never can't. move anything i mean just like i said obviously the way so without going back to the songs you've done i mean yeah. just the way it just builds and builds and builds it's crazy and it almost feels like mexican guitars is the crescendo the first half yeah. and then like we're starting anew and like here we go we're gonna build again i would like agree that. with that wholeheartedly and it's like it's perfectly in yeah. the middle like mexican guitars is literally like right Almost exactly in the middle. It's perfect. And there's so much looking back at other songs that's done in seven lines. Like, yeah. seven or eight lines, whatever's in this fucking song. Like, the line, you know, we shared our smokes. That's four words. But that, to me, reminds me of Sun Hotel. Like, that reminds me of sharing smokes when, like, you don't have a lot of financial comfort. Yep. You know, we were running out of money. We were grinding down our teeth. Like, you picture it's clear, you know, it doesn't seem like it's the same relationship as it was in that song, but there's still that romanticism of, you know, sharing you things together, and yeah. sharing what you have, even if it's not a lot. And, you know, that leads into the, the really anti-capitalist part that's the latter half of the totally. album after this point, which I think is just... It's four words. Like, it's, and it's, yeah, it definitely... It throws me back there and it makes me think about the album as a whole. It makes me think about, like, the nostalgia of, like you know, falling for someone who's your fucking waitress and, yep. like, this blue-collar feel. Ugh. How funny would it be? Because, I mean, we, we know that the guys know about this podcast. We yeah. told them about the podcast. <laughs> I just think, how funny would it be if, like, they listen to this and Greg's like, dude, we were just sharing cigarettes. There's nothing <laughs> like that at all. Like, literally, we just had a pack of cigarettes and like, we were sharing it. Down. Like, it like, was not... <laughs> 
I always think about that. Take a breath, guys. Take a breath. I know I go too hard on Tom's lyrics, especially because there's so much left left to interpret. Like Greg is very literal, so it's very easy to kind of like go with that. But I feel like I do that a lot, where I'm like, okay, this is like the English teacher saying that this book is about Jesus, when like she just wants it to be about Jesus. You know, I see it there, and if it wasn't intentional, then you're unintentionally brilliant so like I'm, cool. I'm an english teacher i student teaching the bronx yeah. right now and i remember one of the kids stumped me so well we we're talking about <laughs> talking about this side of paradise by F. scott fitzgerald mm-hmm. he was like but what how do you know i'm like no you know it's just been like agreed by like many literature <laughs> professors whatever he goes but like did f scott fitzgerald say that and i was like well no and he's just like so it could just mean that the dress was yellow and i'm like all right oh. i'm like dude i don't have an answer for that i'm sorry yeah, like, damn you're right <laughs> But I mean, that's 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 a good person to grow into the world. <laughs> exactly. Like question everything. Seriously. That's that's fucking great. So yeah, by all means, if it wasn't intentional, cool. But we still love the lyric. Oh yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> like by all means, I know I really have dug into uh, cabinet brain of canned thoughts in like two different ways at this point, and uh, I'm like, he probably this is probably just like something he thought of when he was like trying to find the chickpeas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> trying to find a rhyme or something. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, okay. So you know, obviously we start out, and the, that that first line it's a callback to good things. You can pull so much into it, and then we go into I held the wheel while you drank and drove. Our plans were miserable, uh, and then we crashed your car, your American Muscle car, into a dish on Sawmill Road. Like everything kind of happens yes. in in those four lines right there light came out of them fast yeah and and it reminds me i like i said i basically have a callback to every single fucking song on this album that just comes from these couple lines but this reminds me of sculptors and vandals which is where when they say like said you wanted to be interesting and we fell asleep like saying i held the wheel while you drank our plans were miserable is kind of just like we were trying to have fun we don't really have that much going on exactly you know this is our idea of having a good fucking time but it's enabling this destructive, destructive yeah. tendencies because you're not supposed to be doing that and that's you exactly. know it feels great in the moment but it also indicates that these these two people the two people presumably in this car unless there was more um they're complicit in each other's bad mental health oh like, they're totally they're feeding into each exactly. other they're enabling each other definitely right they, and like, who hasn't been there i mean right <laughs> that's why like when, when you asked me to do this song, i was kind of like yeah you know what like definitely because just this song obviously i just feel like uh, without getting like too personal i definitely feel like everyone's been there yeah like i mean like i said when i had like a little uh little personal antidote little story yeah. when i i uh went away to school for the first time and i failed out and i come yeah. back to community college and like literally just rock bottom absolutely miserable yeah. all my friends are off a good time and i'm by myself at community college sure. and like we on long island i live uh, right by jones beach uh-huh. and there is uh, a parkway called ocean parkway which yeah. goes all the way down the bottom of long island the south shore of long island and uh it's everyone people go there to drive so like that Everyone goes to the beach, obviously, there. But, like, right. that's one of those long, thin roads that a lot of people I know just kind of go to drive and hang out, whatever. So I remember, yeah. like, when I was, I don't know, I was, like, 19, 20, like, my freshman year of college. And I was just used to go down to Ocean Parkway and just play this album on repeat. Oh, and man. just literally <laughs> scream my lungs out. It doesn't yeah. matter what month of the year it was. It was cold or hot. Of with windows down, I just scream my lungs out to this yeah. album. And I remember this song just came on. And obviously... Thankfully, things have got a lot better, but you almost like everyone's that personal moment where you're kind of just like, this song obviously symbolizes so much, but you're kind of like, yeah, it's 
just you hold your fate in your hands and your self-destructive tendencies you hold all that and you can kind of choose obviously to give in to those self-destructive tendencies or you can choose kind of put your head down and just keep chugging along through and that's right. like i think well the same with this lyric is how i was saying the plans are miserable but like you said you can you can choose to obviously fight through that or not right. and that's why that's why i think without getting too far ahead of ourselves like the next line the ice on the roads yeah i think the subtlety of that line yeah. is what makes the song because their plans are terrible plans are miserable so yes they maybe want to just pull the wheel and end it all but when he says they're ice on all the roads you kind of get that vibe where hey we really didn't want to crash we didn't want to do it the yeah. ice was what made us throw so I think that's what makes that I think that one line alone is a song yeah. makes it right there because like hey as bad as things are we still we're still here oh, another quote we're still here and we're still breathing so yeah. like <laughs> you don't have to feel like all help is gone you don't sure. have to do that and that's why I think the song is just made with these two lines in particular exactly and and i feel like the the ice on all the roads line is especially important because it shows like the child the still childlike innocence that these people have oh, totally even though they're making adult bad decisions yep. you're not thinking properly about things that you have to think about as an adult which like maybe i shouldn't go out and drive today let alone drunk because exactly. the weather's not too great exactly. you're like fuck it i'm like a teenager i'm in my early 20s and i I'm ready to fucking get out of you're, here no matter you're what. You're immortal. You, you can't Exactly. I'm invincible. Like, nothing can touch me. Exactly. But it wasn't an intentionally intentionally destructive exactly. you know, road and that's, trip. <laughs> and that's, that, that's why I think it's so perfect in that yeah. respect. How, like I said, yeah, they're still just saying we had these bad intentions. But yeah. we didn't mean to do it in that exactly. respect. It was an accident. It wasn't like we were trying to end it all. And that's right. why I think that is perfectly written. and just slides it in there so nonchalantly so if you first listen you're like okay whatever it was bad weather but then you think about it and you're like oh wow like these people really didn't set out to kill themselves they were just they wanted to feel close to death to make them feel alive whatever they wanted to get away from it all and then one thing hit another in a bad turn and then they ended up in a ditch on some yeah. road and it's a wake-up slap totally like at totally. that point you can't depend on anybody but yourself exactly. to figure out what to do from this point on like i think all the time i'm like so terrified of just something like that happening when i'm by myself and not knowing like how do you move on from when yep. your car is so like obviously there's the adult things you have to do like call and get a tow truck yep. or, like call and you know is there a friend who can help me like but you have to kind of come to that all on your own. It's it's not like when you like skin your knee as a kid and have yeah. to run inside and get a band aid from mom. Like, and then you also have to uh, deal with the consequences and the fact that yes. like let's be real, these kids, whatever they are, they have to go home and they have to exactly. mom and dad like hey the car is out in a in a hole right now I gotta right. get it out whatever and you have to explain to them you have to explain to the cops you have to explain you have to deal with all these consequences to your right. actions and that's like a whole other thing i feel like they have exactly to, to deal with and touch on so like, there is no easy escape there is no easy answer for exactly. feeling the way these people feel for trying to take the actions that they're trying to take kind of thing right and and i think that happening here this like i said being kind of like a wake-up slap into adulthood makes i don't want to get too ahead of myself but nice things such a more meaningful song because totally. you're like this is like someone thinking about the future. Oh, this yeah. is someone thinking about what they can do to actually make themselves happy and how so much of happiness is predicated on, yeah. you know, these physical belongings like, you know, totally. the sentimental car. Like, because I, I don't know about you, but like my first car or like, or like my first like adult thing, like I think the, the car was that for me, but you know, I took it for granted. Oh, I like, yeah. you know, I had stickers on that shit. I like was like, oh, oil change, cool. Like, I'll get that when yeah. I get it. Um, 
But now, like, I take that so much more seriously because I'm like, oh, this is, like, my lifeblood. Like, totally, this is how yeah. I get everywhere that I have to get and this, 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 and this. But I, I see this as, like, not recognizing how much you romanticize oh, that totally car immaturity. until yeah, afterwards. It's total immaturity in that respect. And then it becomes, like, a symbol yep. or, like, a beacon of, of freedom and, and, you know, a more carefree yeah. time. And, like, we talked about how he said, like, the car is their ticket out of there. So, worst yeah. case scenario, they can only just get the hell out of the car. Now that luxury that exactly. is taken away from them because right. they're all stupid decisions now it's kind of like that realization where like for second uh second discussion they are stuck in scranton now like they exactly. literally cannot get out of scranton now because that car is whatever it is whether it's in repair or it's totaled or what like exactly so i mean yeah it's totally like you said i don't want to tread on people's uh toes here i know nice cool. things up next to me <laughs> but uh like i said obviously that song in many ways is kind of the outlier if you will because all these yeah. other songs are about personal experiences yes. and stuff like that whereas nice things i always took it at least as i said this rousing political anthem yes. saying like the economy's in tatters and what are we doing with the world it's all based on materialism and capitalism for sure so in that respect it is kind of the outlier but yeah yeah just like i said that is a good way of tying it in how this car was, like I said, the material and the capitalist thing that they yeah. need to survive and they rely on. Yeah, I agree. And I think if this song is kind of a flashback, it's so interesting, once again, in contrast with Mexican guitars, where this person, this narrator, is now on his own and presumably getting the fuck out of here yeah. and going to Mexico because it, it really puts into your head, like, this is what I have to do because of what we once were not able to do and now definitely are not able to do totally. because of this loss so it, it makes it so much more like you could just see the wheels turning from like the time that that loss was incurred yep. to like what do i do to deal with this i do what we never could where i'm getting the fuck out of here and going to mexico like i get chills just thinking about exactly. like how the narrative of just these two songs could be an entire fucking movie yeah. or even just like a fucking i don't know it's, and it's also it's great because so i mean like with i said without getting like too branching out too much into a tangent right I mean, obviously, the whole ongoing joke is that every minute in your song is about drinking and yeah. jackets and cars, stuff like that. But it also makes you think now that we have the benefit of hindsight with Hello Exile being yeah. out. Songs like High School Friend. Oh, and my God, And you go God, back yes. to, like, after the party with bad Catholics and all these guys yeah. that are driving to town, different countries, uh, corners of the country, and then they're in the back of the car getting stoned. The cops showed up. And, like, it all kind of ties in to this general theme of, obviously, just escapism, trying to get yes. the hell out of where you're from and stuff like that. Having heard I Can't Stop Drinking and then listening back and thinking about this album yep. is, I kind of wish it came out when I first started this podcast. So I, you were with <laughs> me, I remember. We went to a Rough Trade for the release yeah. show when they did the acoustic, and that was the first time they played those songs. Yeah. And Craig said, uh, yeah, this next song's called uh, I Can't Stop Drinking. So half the crowd was like, yeah! <laughs> like, yeah. And he was like, uh, you might rethink that after you hear this song. And then he plays, like, obviously it's a five-minute song. When he it's plays their it, longest song. Yeah, and he plays it on acoustic guitar. It's all slow and somber. And everyone's kind of like, oh, shit, oh, I man. really regret chanting now. <laughs> like, um, yep, I, I in the past would enable this God. entirely. But now it's like, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, look at, with, luckily with you, like I said, you don't drink. I mean, when yeah. I, for me, I was like, oh, God, shots across the bow. It's all just bow. funny to me. I feel like I just kind of, like, I'm just that, watching it with this outside perspective that's so, like, you know, because I've, I've, uh, part of what makes me not drink is just so much of what I've seen as a child and, like, gotcha. you know, what I know would become of me if I did. Yeah. So it's just so interesting to, to see fictional but, like, slightly autobiographical gotcha. things come to light. I'm like, 
yeah, that makes fucking yeah. sense. That's always I always laugh about with Jackie saying like how amazing. Obviously, not, you can like who you like, but amazing yeah. that you're men's singer Spanish. Well, especially found, especially <laughs> when I found out you didn't drink. I yeah. was like, all these songs about him like just smashed with your buddies and just, just, just singing along just as loud as I yeah. am. Like I loved it. I'm very I I. I I'm a sucker for a good story and I don't really give a shit if it's my own personal experience. Like I love a good narrative and I've said it a million times with a lot of the things in this album is like, it it doesn't have to necessarily relate to me for me to get extremely into it and and kind of like put myself in that world. So I know it is like a huge kind of joke with me (laughs) where it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm yelling along almost nothing that's actually mentioned in these songs is something that like, Exactly, but it's just funny because it's something that I'm super into. I don't know. It's funny. So let me ask you a question. Oh, please. I'm going to put you on the spot over here. I would here, love so that. So I'm really sorry in advance. Without <laughs> thinking too hard, what is your favorite Menzinger's lyric? Doesn't oh. have to be a whole song, but like, what is your favorite line? Okay. Um, I know it. It's really not an amazing lyric, but it's one that always kind of sticks with me. But just so let these simple songs get caught in our heads love that one too I like I, I really want to get a tattoo of that song at some of that lyric at some point it's just it sums up everything I love about punk where it's just like I don't know I feel like for a while I got I, I am like also really into prog rock and there's like the the more complex the better yeah, yeah. but I also like my heart is in punk and so just like I don't know. That that really resonates with me. That even though it's one. even and you know, there's so many amazingly written lyrics in the Menzinger's discography, and I always just go back to that line. Because I just love it. I just like, yeah, let those simple songs get caught in our heads. Like and I love that it's our heads because it's Totally, yeah. It, it makes it that shared experience Ooh. that I feel like the Menzingers has given me such a shared totally. experience with so many people. I don't know. I it's, love that I mean, line. like, obviously we've been to a lot of the same shows, yes. even uh, even before we knew even each other. We were at the exact same shows, it seems like. <laughs> but, like, yeah, even just, obviously I've been lucky enough to travel and go to a bunch of Menzinger yeah. shows. I don't say this lightheartedly when I say that the Menzingers might have the nicest fan base, like, around the world. I yeah. Mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, every show I've been to, whether it's New York, Columbus, Philadelphia, or freaking London, like, yeah. I mean, that London show I went to, I didn't know a single person there, and I just sat there at the bar, and, like, these yeah. two guys just started talking to me, oh, nice, I had my, my shirt on, <laughs> nice tattoo, man, and I was like, we just started talking, I was hanging out with them, they're buying me a whole night, I was just like, this community, this I love that. little thing of ours is just unbelievable, right. it's just phenomenal. I was at, the last time that we were all at Crossroads, I, I've been telling this story to people individually, That was but July, right? In, uh, yeah, in July. Gotcha. I was, I was there with a couple of people, but I was by myself at this point. It was like right before the men's English were going on. I wanted to get a little closer and my boyfriend likes to chill kind of towards the back. So I'm like, see ya. And, um, this guy came with holding three beers, like very full beers. probably me. And (laughs) it was not you. (laughs) But he was giving them, he bought them for his friends and both of them were like, Oh my God, like we have, we've had so much, like we can't, I'm like, uh, and they were they weren't mean about it, but they were kind yeah, of yeah. just like, dude, like no, like we can't. Like, Are you I'm, sure this wasn't I'm, me? This sounds very wrong. <laughs> Probably, to you? honestly, it no, might have been me. I think you were with Jackie at this point because okay. I knew who you were, but we hadn't really spoken at this point. And the guy is like, oh okay, and he looks around and he just hands a beer to this random guy, and Love he's it. like, dude, really? And he goes, yeah. Dude. And then they just toast, and then they had a great time. The exact same show we were at that night. So that <laughs> that show was a, ma- a mess for me. I was at yeah. Warp Tour the weekend, that whole entire yeah, weekend. Yeah. And I was a smart person that thought it would be a good idea to wear flip-flops <gasps> to a punk show. So I, without getting too gross, I lost my whole entire toe. Oh, came no. Off. 
So this was like 24 hours afterwards. So I was literally hobbling on oh one foot. Oh my god! I'm in the crossroads parking lot getting <laughs> changed. So I didn't get a shower. Yeah. And I'm in the crossroads parking lot doing shots of tequila with Jackie, <laughs> like with no shirt on. I'm pulling my shorts up. <laughs> so Jackie's like, honestly, like I still I'm gonna stand up back. And Jackie's like, no, you're coming to the front with me. It's protect me from crowd surfers. I'm like, all right, sounds good. She's like, just get really drunk so you don't feel it. I was That's like, fair. all right, sounds good. <laughs> so I just start necking shots. And then we're at the bar, and um, one of Jackie's friends, girl Kaylin, who I met through Taking Back Sunday, yeah. she got to the bar. I met her like once or twice, but not like hi, like, yeah, like what's yeah. going on. So she was at the bar, and I was like, hey, good to see you again, whatever. And at that point, I ordered six shots, and Jackie's like, I'm not doing three shots with you. <laughs> I was like, Kayla, and I've just met her like two go. minutes ago. I was like, here you go. She's like, seriously? I'm like, yeah, come on, go for it. That's so just funny. Just throwing shots back. Just throwing shots I back. I love that. So- see, that's just the general – that's Total what vibe. happens at a Menzinger show. That wouldn't happen at, I don't know. Well, that's, I mean, I my girlfriend who you've met, yeah. uh, we just uh, started dating a couple months ago, but yeah. we met at Warp Tour. That's awesome. And she always... Oh, wow, so yeah. like right then. Uh, so it was a little totally off topic. You want to hear the most Ryan story I'll ever hear in your life? So much. We met on the beach before the show started, whatever. Yeah. We started talking, hanging out, and we're getting to know each other. And then I kind of jump up and she's like, what was the matter? I look at my watch, my phone, and I'm like, shit, anti-flags on in 15, and Menzingers are on thir- are on an hour. And she's like, okay. And I was like, I gotta go. She's like, Bye. And she's like, are you gonna come back? I'm like, I promise, I'll come back and find you. She's like, yeah, all right, whatever. So I run away, go see anti-flag, go see Obviously. Menzingers, come back, and I find her, and she's like, wow, I really did not think you were gonna find me. I'm like, here we are. Man of my word. But anyway, back to the story. Yeah. We took her, Jackie and I took her on Long Island. They played a festival this year with Taking Back Sunday. Yeah. So we went to that show, and that was like her first Menzinger show with Aww, me and Jackie. And we introduced awesome. her to Megs and that whole kind of crew, whatever. Yeah. And she just sat there laughing at us. She's like, How long do you know these people? I'm like, I've known Jackie the longest, but just we're connected by the music, connected yeah. by how much it means to us. And then she's like, This whole community. And then she comes to the Warsaw shows, and now she's getting drunk with right. Jackie and all that. <laughs> Her and Jackie are a deadly tandem. I Off love topic, so but much. I'm done with that story. <laughs> <laughs> but it's dope. Like, I went to the last Warsaw show by myself, and I literally ended up with, like, three groups of people around me. front row, yeah. Yeah, like, I was with you guys. I, my friend from fucking high school is there. <laughs> Some girl I met in the bathroom who came up to me, and she was like, you're that girl from the podcast. Hey. I'm like, wait, are you fucking serious? <laughs> like, I literally looked at her, I'm like, oh my god that is amazing and, and like just surrounded by so many people and then you know I leave at the end of the night and I'm going home alone but it's like a good thing yeah. like, wow I had a great day I've this never left cool. a Menzinger show with a frown on my face it's, it's always been and it's one of those things I don't know about you with, again without getting too personal it always seems like they always the shows always come up at the right time in my life I am the same exactly whether I know I need it or whether I don't know I need it exactly. it weirdly kind of just happens like that I feel that so I oh. you know not to get incredibly personal but like I drove into the city that day for, for this last show I was in the car for a half an hour parked before I came inside because I was so just like anxious and like not ready to face the yeah. world that day and so like for the moment I walked through the door to like meet someone cool in the bathroom and then meet up with all of you guys and like that doesn't happen to me in a lot of places like I go to a lot of things by myself because I you know I feel like I like different music than a lot of my friends and you know I also kind of have different schedules and stuff like that so it's really cool to like actually have that happen and be and and not feel weird about it I'm a socially anxious person and so it's fucking dope and this band does that for me in a way that like most others don't it totally hit home for me when I met my girlfriend introduced her to everyone because like I said obviously you kind of get like not desensitized but you're just used to it because it's like it's your sense of community where you go to these shows and you see these people and you have a good time and then when she came in the new person and like (laughs) everyone was just like open arms like hey how are you and I was like wow this is a pretty cool little niche thing that 
we all share. And even yeah. if you're not like obviously you have your crew of friends, but everyone else is still in that same mindset, that same kind of idea headspace where it's awesome. Yeah, it really is a great so family, a great community. Ah, uh, I love it. I love the men's wingers. I can say that a whole lot. There's a couple more things about this song I want to get into. Do it. I quickly need to talk about something I don't want to talk about. Yes. So. We're going to do a big beep. Beep. <laughs> a certain band that Verbal shall not. Verbal We'll do like Harry Potter style. The band that shall not be named. So there's clearly a reference here to a band from Long Island that shall not be named. Begins with B and ends in W. Yeah. Two words. So brand new. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <coughs> you just need to get really hot in here, really uncomfortable. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, I mean, the lines, uh, there was ice on all the roads and the fact that they're drinking and driving. Yes. I live to forget brand new, but... We, it's pretty inevitable that yes. this is a reference to what? What is it? Do you know the name yes, of the song? Yes, as we talked before, Cheska's not really a big brand new fan. Thankfully, <laughs> luckily for her, luckily yeah, for her, yeah. I unfortunately growing up, growing up on Long Island, I had the misfortune of being baptized and drinking the brand new cool, literally the brand new Kool Aid. Because <laughs> now knowing what we know now about Jesse Lacey, yikes! Yeah, so the song is seventy times seven. Oh, okay, that's right, that's yes. right. Okay, and yeah. uh, the lyric, obviously. Uh, God, I've got lyrics. I have it written down. I forgot the lyric. Have Thank another God. drink yeah, and drive I'm yourself so home. I hope there's ice on all the roads. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, what you call the ghetto? I'm done now. <laughs> yeah, no, I personally can't picture the melody of that song in my head because I just see those lyrics as You're an lucky. away message, like on AIM or like. Oh, was it real? See, I'm oh, younger than you. I'm 23. Oh, dude. Okay. So, so yeah, like, in my the, time, Jackie and I are the babies of the yeah, men's that's right, that's fandom. Right. That was like. Number one away yeah. message lyric for when like you're mad at someone and you want them to im you and see it, but oh, like man. you don't. It, it was it, the passive aggressive lyric. So when I first heard this song, I was like, I, I kind of you know I couldn't place it at first because you know nobody ever puts the name of the fucking song yeah. in their like away message or something like that. But I knew the lyric and gotcha. I'm like, where did this come from? And I found myself googling it like finally, you know, because I was always in the car listening to this album. So finally, I remembered it one time when I was on the computer. I'm like, oh, that's brand new, weird. And at the time, I'm like, eh, brand new, whatever. And now I'm like, Bleh. but um, <laughs> see, funny thing is, like, obviously, I don't know the messengers personally. Yeah. But I would, I'd honestly be more surprised if it was a brand new reference than if it wasn't. I I feel the same way. It doesn't seem yeah. like something they would reference intentionally. Yeah, I mean, like, so I don't know them personally. I don't know their musical taste personally. Yeah. But I would be pretty surprised if Greg would be like oh yeah like I used to love brand new back in the day I'd be kind of shocked that it really doesn't feel right like I'm more um perceptive to Tom talking about Regina Spector yes exactly <laughs> that I am to, to them referencing brand more new more than that yeah but it's it's too obvious not to talk about like True. it's it's very similar but you know it's in the past <laughs> brand new is all the way in the past for most of us so that's good yeah um so the last line of, of this song you know we always dreamt of having nice things having nice things it, like we've said a couple of times already this is a perfect transition into the very last half like the last quarter of this album it's it really pulls together how they felt about this American muscle car as a symbol of what they were capable of 
owning and what they were capable of working towards. Because, totally. like, I don't know how this car came about. I don't know if it was something that was passed down. I don't know if it was, you know, you work a shitty job and finally you could save up to get this That's car. That's always the view I kind of had of it. Where yeah, it's kind of like too. he's working at the diner where he's sharing smokes with this girl. Right, and right. he's saving up money and he's bought down this, like, beat down, dusty 1950 Camaro or whatever. Exactly. He's got to, like, kick the pedal to start. Like, that's always right, a vision right. I had of it. Like, I never really... Oh, it's some nice new car. I've always pictured some. Oh yeah, old, like yeah. worst miles to the gallon exactly. of all time. Like, and 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 I like that it's like because it's your American muscle car. So I like that it's the narrator's presumably. You know, he says like I held the wheel while you drank and drove. That it's something that even though it's not what the narrator owns, he feels a sense of like love for it. Yep. Like I know when I didn't have a car yet and I was a kid, like I used to drive my mom and dad's van and oh, that yeah. it was huge so like all my friends could get in it and go everywhere and <laughs> we all style. I love exactly it. That's awesome. and we all felt like so much love for that van and i know my friends loved it even that's though it awesome. wasn't their vehicle like that's how i kind of see like oh this is like the car this yep. is the one we take everywhere this is the cool nice thing that we own and like it looks flashy on the streets of scram you know <laughs> is awesome. i i don't know i love that a whole lot and you know like it's crashing this car is where it puts into perspective all of the destructive behavior that's detailed in this whole album. Like you said before, a slap yeah. in the face, the wake-up calls. Like, the hello, yeah. you have to fucking get your shit together and be a fucking adult. Exactly. And what comes with being adult is, unfortunately, tackling what you... Trying to get what you want in life while struggling with the constraints of capitalism yep. and what, you know compromising your morals has to end up being yeah. at some point especially as a punk kid like, totally which you know it's, it's something we all kind of go through yeah um you can also look at this song also as like kind of a bridge between immaturity and maturity like, absolutely like we said before how they're being immature with just life's not going well so i'm gonna kind of throw a temper tantrum and i'm gonna do these stupid things these self-destructive things to make me feel better it's exactly. all about me and then like i said these these bad things happen these actions have consequences and then, like I said, then you go straight into nice things where it's all about this political capitalist song. Yeah. And that's kind of obviously them, again, being more mature and like exactly. realizing we have to knuckle down and just kind of deal with this shit because exactly. it's life and that's what it is. It's it's a lot. And it, it, to kind of put it all together like this in a song where you can very carefully hear the lyrics and every line is you know what he, you know because a lot of the other songs sometimes the enunciation's not there yep. or you could go a while without knowing what the lyric is you can you know close your eyes and not hear the music and recite this song totally. word for word because of how carefully it's delivered because we're prose boys because we're prose boys <laughs> hey <laughs> I would just read back. this at like a poetry reading. <laughs> yeah, actually, know, a, so a little bit over word. We took rides in your American <laughs> muscle car. That's American. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a we good idea. We shared our smokes. Menzinger's open mic. Yeah, dude, so we do like uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, oh God. What slam poetry? Slam poetry. Thank you. Yes. We took rides <laughs> in the American muscle car. <laughs> Okay. Oh man, we can't. Really that movie is it with uh, 21 Jump Street? Yeah. Cynthia, <laughs> Cynthia, you're dead. <laughs> exactly. That's what we're going to do. That's our, our next pre Menzinger's yes. show. Chesky's going to run up. Chesky's going to do another podcast, and we're just going to do slam poetry Menzo style. <laughs> I can't wait. I'll do Charlie's Army as a slam poetry song. It'll be fucking Dude, great. I would pay untold sums to hear you do that. <laughs> Charlie's Army is coming to get me. For me! <laughs> Tell, Tell your, your girl man. that I am not afraid to die. 
I would pay for oh, that. I can't, I don't, I'm going to make it happen. I don't want to see Jackie up there doing like slow-mo lookers. Oh my God, yes. I want that so much. <laughs> oh man so i mean i think that's basically on the impossible pass that's the we song we hit it on the head there's we've said it a million times but this is like this song is the time capsule exactly. of this fucking album and and i really think it's a really important one to if you're really into thinking about this album in a critical way or or even just like giving more thought to it like start here and then just listen to the, oh, the totally, whole fucking yeah. album again like go through it knowing what you know about what happens here and that's why i always say to people like kind of like not defending the men's ears but i have friends yeah. that are like oh you know like all the songs sound the same and i'm like i understand what you're saying to that right but even they they don't they don't put themselves in the box while being in a box that makes sense i completely the know lyrical content yes we all yeah. understand the themes of all their writing because yeah. I mean, what author doesn't have similar themes exactly. i mean how many times did springsteen write about like being on the <laughs> jersey shore and getting his car and driving away right. i mean like so they also, I mean, songs like this one, songs like Black Mass, songs yeah. like, yeah. Um, Johnny Bella, one slow ones, like the new ones, especially I Can't Stop Drinking and yeah. Hello Exile, a title track. I mean, they're not in this box where every song has to have three cores and be three and a half minutes long. Right. They're totally not pegging themselves like that. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, I think a lot of the songs don't necessarily sound alike. It's just that the subject matter can be recycled. Yep. But I like that because, I mean, as a... This isn't a concept album. It's an accidental concept album, if we're going to use Greg's term. But, like, this band is, they always give us just a few kind of themes to hold on to. Yeah. And I think that makes for a good album. Yeah. I think bands like The Wonder Years do that really well. Like, where at the, you know, throughout the album, they'll throw in a couple of themes a couple of times and then kind of bring it all together. That makes you want it makes yeah, you more of a fan I agree. to notice I, that. I don't want thirteen songs just completely from all over the place. Exactly. I enjoy where there's more of a central theme. I mean oh my god, I'm about to admit this. So one of my other favorite artists is like Charlie XCX. Okay. And she um the new album, even though it isn't a uh concert record, it's still got a running theme where it's all about her dealing with fame and her love life and stuff like that. And right. I mean even oh my god, I'm gonna admit all my Secret Loves. That's okay. 1975, another yeah. band I'm obsessed with because, you know, Menzingers is 1975. Actually, make that tour happen. Greg, <laughs> Maddie Healy, exchange numbers, please. I would love that tour. Damn. Anyway, but yeah, another band that just, there's no um, concept, but all the album is thematically connected I in one that. way or another. Exactly. It makes it feel personal to me. Totally, like, yeah. Not to throw, like, the front bottoms under the bus, oh, but Jackie, Jackie, I... Jackie's going to freak out now. <laughs> <laughs> They're one of those bands that, like, I, I, this, it, this sounds kind of shitty to say, but I feel like I've never really believed them. What? Like, you don't believe you got so stoned? Yeah, I just, like, <laughs> I don't buy what they're selling me. Like, I like, like, Talent of the Hawk, probably one of the best yeah. albums that's come out in the last decade. Great fucking album. But I don't, like, I think some people definitely do, but for me, I feel like I'm not feeling like, oh, I'm a part of, like, or I can empathize with the narrative totally. that you're laying down because it's kind of all over the place. Yeah. And, like, kind of just pulls, like, some random shit out also, of nowhere. Also, I feel like if you're... Oh, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this one. <laughs> I feel like if you're a mature adult, you really can't relate to the front bomb and singing about, yeah, exactly. come on, Chelsea, speak a little French to me. <laughs> like, I'm shoveling driveway. It's cold in Jersey. Right, like, Grow right. up. Grow I, up. Like, still a good band. Yes. But... 
They I'm were never going to get as into them as I will with the men. They were a great band when I was 16, but oh, now, yeah, like, 100%. now that I'm 23, it's like, come on now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like I said, we're not get, to shame we're gonna, we're another New Jersey band. We're going to get so much band, heat for that one. But like, We're going to get so much heat for that one. <laughs> <laughs> you just lost 15 subscribers probably. Bye, see you later. <laughs> Fall asleep in the front seat or some shit. I don't fucking know. Still a good band. Just <laughs> Where did that Fall come asleep from? in the front seat. So I love that. I just, you know, I, 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 I'm a sucker for good writing. Yes, like, no, really me and you are the exact same page. And that's part of what, I mean, like you, you referenced American Idiot. We've mentioned it a million times, but like Green Day wasn't writing shit like American Idiot totally. before American that's Idiot. Totally, grow up. I and mean. like, I love the stuff that's before American Idiot, but that album and then 21st Century Breakdown, like they both had, you know, an the, ongoing yes. kind of thing that, that really drew you in. But and the, the new Green Day albums are just, I mean, obviously oh, the well, new Green yeah. Day albums. But I mean, like, it just, it's so weird to listen to a band that made those two albums and then just make these yeah. songs that just come out of left field. It's kind of like, dude. Like, I think they just didn't want to do the thing and, like, totally. get well, I mean, known as that band yeah. who does the thing. But I kind of, they did that best. So I couldn't agree more. <sighs> I, so what is your favorite Menzinger show? What is the one that you hold dear? Uh, my favorite is definitely the last Garwood show. Really? And yeah, that was just hands down my favorite. My second favorite is a, maybe 2013. They played Stanhope House oh, in Stanhope. Yeah. And it was um, awesome. Wild. It was awesome. It was the. It was still the on the Impossible Past era. That's cool. They were still doing cover songs in all of their encores because that was the thing. I for low key a while. wish they would bring that back. Honestly. It was really dope. Like, I low key wish it. It was just always a different cover song. I saw them fucking cover Smashing Pumpkins and like Sublime cool. and like just weird was shit. Was that on? Uh, I think it's on YouTube. They, at Fest, they did a Smashing Pumpkins cover set. Oh, like I never that. knew that. I can't remember what it was. That's I, super I could be talking. I could be talking total shit right now. I'm not yeah. sure. I remember seeing someone did a Smash these cover set at Fest, which makes Maybe me think that it might them. be them. I really am not sure. I, was it? I, I know Modern Baseball did a Menzinger's cover set at yes. Fest, and I'm like, that, is, that would have been a pretty <laughs> I cool would have loved to at, see yeah. that. I saw Modern Baseball once, and it was right after I Don't Want to Be an Asshole Anymore came out, and they started playing I Don't Want to Be an Asshole Anymore, and all me and all my friends were like, holy shit! And they literally, I thought they were going to do the song, like I thought, and they did the yeah! And I'm like, oh my god, I'm so ready. And then they just stopped. Oh. <laughs> uh. And I was like, bitch. Bring back Modern Baseball, Come please, on. God. Bring them back. Finish the song. Uh, <laughs> if just for that. No, I know. I miss them a lot. They're they're done, done, though. Uh, yeah. I don't want yeah. think about it. Okay. So before we stop, I have one more question for you. And I it thought may... of it while we were oh, God, this is gonna be... going. So I'm that not you prepared. may not be prepared for this one. So, you know, we've seen a lot of, like, like starter songs and a lot of, like, songs that you end the show with throughout the time that we've been seeing the men singers. Correct. Can you think of anything that you think would like kick off and then, or end a show really, really well that you've never seen them open with or close with? I mean, I, I am biased in the fact that I think they should always open with telling lies. I personally agree. Like that, it just, it doesn't get any better than it that. Doesn't. Just the crescendo it's and the straight into it. number one opening song. Uh, what would be a good one? Then? Oh, I remember one time, just totally off topic, one time I saw them, I think they played the Knitting Factory, they played okay. the Governor's Ball, and then they did the Knitting Factory oh, okay. show afterwards. And they closed with good things. And everyone was That's like... so weird. Because everyone was just waiting for the... Yeah. Let's get going. And they just were like, all right, guys, thanks a lot. And we're like, dude, how do you close with good things? That is so strange. I love it. Oh, I, think, uh, I think a good way to open it, 
probably be rivalries just that little Dude, yes. guitar line just the little solo of greg that would be so good that would be tight uh closer 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 um that's just tough actually it's a, it's a rough one as a closer i would just like to hear farewell youth at this point farewell youth uh, yeah that would be pretty good too that would be just a good i mean uh, it's you know any any last song on an, no i don't want to say that because the last song on after the party wouldn't be a good closer and the last song on See, I'm Prince I'm a minority. I loved fair. I loved um, living in easy. I really yeah, liked that I song. Yeah, I didn't a love lot. that song. I like that. What's a closer? Um, <laughs> I also another good opener. It's not Taskmore Station. I Yo! just just like the subway going by with that. I miss. They used to walk out to the uh, the speech from uh, Independence Day. Oh my god, yeah. That used to be my favorite thing ever. And they stopped doing that. <laughs> bring that back, guys. Come on, bring oh, it back. I want them to bring back. Uh, walking out to the curb, curb. <laughs> that I knew it was happening um, before I went to that tour, and so I like I went in. And I'm like, that was a Bayside tour. No, no, it was um the. F- I don't know. I saw it at House of Independence. Yes, in, the, like, that fall December tour. Yeah, because they always do the uh, Black Friday show. So yes. they did that Long Island Black Friday yeah. show, and they did the House of Independence. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm gonna turn up to like the fucking <laughs> curb theme song like before this even starts. That I'm is ready to amazing. Go off. Um, yeah, it's a hard. I know. I, asked I know. A hard I'm. Question. I'm just trying to think of just a okay. random song to throw out. Ah, uh, ba I'm biased. My favorite song, the new one, we go with London Drugs. So I just love yeah. that song. I, I oh. want to hear it. But so London badly. Drugs would be such a good intro song. Like <laughs> just that riff. Like <sighs> I know you, you I, are right. You like, are right. Like it's like it doesn't kick it off in the way that Telling Lies does, yes. but it definitely would be a really good like way to start. You know what, know. closer? I wanted to hear them. I heard them do it once. They did the three night stand at Crossroads. Okay. Garwood, they play, they played Straight to Hell by The Clash. And oh that was wild. Oh, my God. And that was a lot of fun. That's really great. I would love to the, see that Those again. three nights at Crossroads. They used to play a, a decent yeah. amount. Those three, road, those three nights at Crossroads might be my... I'm going to cheat and say this might lump them in together. Yeah. But those three nights were the right. best shows I've ever seen by them. That was just... They, Do you know what year that was? 2018. Did they it play Charlie's March. Army at one of those yes, shows? Yes, they did. I don't want to talk about it. I they, went the next day, and I had been forewarned that they played Charlie's Army yeah. the day before, and I was like, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. They're going to fucking do it. And then I left, and I was like, and it was like, it was still a good set, but it was like yeah. Menzinger set for dummies. Like, it was the yeah, very yeah, basic yeah. Menzinger's package. And so I like, Well, that's in my opinion, that's sad. why I did it well, the Crossroads <laughs> show, because they literally... They they did the set obviously, yeah. but they did change two or three songs. The first yeah. night we got um a let the title track lesson in the information booth, yes! and then we got straight to hell, and then we got uh, Sunday morning on the last yeah. day. Like they did a good job of That's just incorporating really old songs. And that I'm was never gonna awesome miss night. a day there again because I really like seeing them. Well, then when they here. when they did it, like they were totally up for it, and Greg yeah. was like laughing, saying we should have made t-shirts. How many people have been all three nights? Like a good chunk of people yeah. like went crazy. Like wow, I should make t-shirts. I mean, hope. Guys, get back out there. Just do it again. Andy Diamond, Just I know you want. Go. I know Andy Diamond wants to book him again. I yeah. know Menzinger's like playing there. Come on, boys. Oh, Let's do it. a yearly routine. Let's do like a pre tour to the tour. Let's do a couple nights across. Because they did it the year before. I think it was two days. They did when they did. Yes, the year they before. did, and I couldn't go to that because it was twenty one and over. And oh no, I'm baby, I'm a baby. Oh baby, <laughs> tragic. Oh man, Ryan. Is there anything else you want to add before we head out? Honestly, I just want to say thank you for having me. Oh my god, of course. Thank you to the Menzingers for amazing music and yep. introducing me to some of the best people I have ever Hell met in my life. Yes. So keep on doing the good thing, boys. Keep on fighting Fuck the good yeah. fight. I'll leave you with that. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks thank again you, so Chester. so so much. And happy new year, everyone. This yes. is gonna be the first uh episode of the new year when it comes out. Um so Welcome to Make 2020. 2020 year year, people. Let's Hell get out and get fucking, it. Yeah. Get that money. Hop in your American muscle car. <laughs> Don't crash. <laughs>
<laughs> and just live your fucking life. Live your life. Yes. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of On the Impossible Pod. I said it in the Sculptors of Vandals episode, but like I haven't gotten to record a lot of these since I've started doing this. So being literally, like I said, meeting somebody at a show who's fucking listening to my podcast, having fucking Ryan shouting out the link to my fucking podcast <laughs> at fucking shows. It's just really cool. I really expected to only do this for 13 episodes, but I'm definitely going to do more. Don't know exactly what I'm going to do yet. So if you guys have any suggestions, <laughs> let me know. I'm kind of, you know, thinking of a couple ways to uh, to do it. So I would love to hear from any and all of you. I, I'd also love to do a couple things that are like groups um, in April when it's six months out from when Hello Exile came out, I really want to have like kind of a get together of people and I'm just so fucking talk there. about Hello Exile. So if you'd like to be a part of that, of that, you know, you know where to find me on social media. You could email me at Cheska at angrypapaentertainment.com or just talk to me about episodes and mansplain to me what the menzingers mean. <laughs> uh, that would be really good too. Thank you for anyone who hasn't done that in a mean way. And thank you to everyone who's done that in a great way. <laughs> <laughs> I do really like talking about these episodes, so thank you so much for anyone who's cared enough to reach out. Thanks again for listening. Have a great one. This has been On the Impossible Pod. Thanks again for listening. On the Impossible Pod is a part of the Angry Papa Podcast Network. All audio recording, production, editing, and artwork are by me, Cheska Colombo. Our podcast cover photo was taken and modeled by the beautiful Bobby Van Etten, and our theme music was composed by Ryan Heenan, a cool stranger from Fiverr. Follow us at OTI Pod on Facebook and Twitter and on the Impossible Pod, one word, on Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to us wherever you do your podcast browsing. Angry Papa.